Welcome to Faith Baptist Church, Great Village, where we believe in the truth of the gospel, building of community, and engaging in the mission of Christ. We hope you enjoy this week's message as our pastors share from God's Word. Okay, we're in week two of the Say Yes campaign, and I'm excited about this, this week in particular. Uh, Last week, we talked about our core value of truth and how our core value of truth relates to our core value of engagement. This whole conversation is a conversation about engaging in the mission. What is our part to play? And last week, we said that God created the first man and woman with a job, and work came before sin. But work became work when Adam and Eve sinned. And it became painful and toil and under the sweat of their brow and they had to work all day and the the ground didn't just release the food to them. But then Jesus reversed the curse. He died on the cross and paid the punishment for our sin to remove that burden, that heavy weight. His invitation is, come all you who are weary and heavy laden. Take my yoke upon you. You'll find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. This whole idea of the yoke, we submit our will to Christ and then we share the burden and the load with Jesus. And we said, what's Jesus' capacity? What is he capable of? What are we actually carrying? Well, uh, Dale Shannon shared a story with me and it brought this picture to mind right here. Um, I don't know if you can see it or not. This, this is me with my son Reese in a backpack. And do you see what's in Reese's hand here? It's kind of hard to see, but he's carrying a stick. When Reese was a kid, he would always have something in one hand and he would never let it go. And he would do all his tasks with the other hand, even if it meant like it was really awkward, but he wouldn't let that thing go. So we did this big hike one morning, just he and I, little father-son trip, and he carried this stick the whole time. But who's actually carrying the stick? Does that seem very fair? How much effort is that little guy putting in? And his dad's the one who has him on his back carrying him. Isn't that a picture of our relationship with Jesus? When we submit to his yoke and he says, take up your cross daily and follow me. Yeah, but God, I'm putting in a lot of work here. Yeah, but who's the one who's sustaining you and carrying you through all of this? Jesus does the work. That's why we say yes to serving in his mission with him, through his power, on mission, for him, by him, in him, under him, over him. It's all through Jesus that we get to do this. Uh, Here's the question for today. What do I actually say yes to? Last week we asked the question, why would I say yes? And we've got to start everything with the why question. Why do we do what we do? That's our core value of truth. That's where we find meaning. Now we're going to talk about community. How does our core value of community relate to our core value of engagement? And I want to seek to answer the question, what do I actually say yes to? So what do you say yes to? Because I don't know if you've looked out there on the display, but there are all kinds of things that you could potentially say yes to. So what do I actually say yes to? That's the question. Today we're talking about our core value of, in, of community, and what it means to be in mission, on mission, engaged in mission together, because life is better together, isn't it? Did you spend time with people this weekend, friends and family? We had some friends from church invite us over for a barbecue, we hung out at their property. It's just great to be together in community. It's great to be together here this morning with you in community. Community is the relational, it's the human part. 
being together and finding belonging in who we belong to. Have you ever been to an, a party or an event or a gathering? It's coming into wedding season. You walk into the wedding reception. There's all these people you don't know, and, and maybe you like this. Maybe it scares you in your boots, but you walk around, you start talking to people, seeing if you can make connections. What does it feel like when you make that connection? Oh, you like woodworking? I like woodworking too. Show me some of your projects. Wow, how did you do that? Let's talk. Oh, I got a tool like that. You like houseplants? Wow, I don't have a single windowsill in my house left to put a houseplant on. I love houseplants. And you make that connection. And you have that shared interest, that hobby, that passion. And, and you connect, it just feels like, wow, community, right? Have you sensed that? Have you felt that? But on such a deeper level in the church, we experience this community. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 22, we're going to be jumping to Ephesians, Romans, 1 Corinthians, we're going to end in 1 Peter. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 22. And he, God, put all things under his, Jesus' feet. And he gave Jesus as head over all things to the church. Who's the head of the church? Jesus. The church, which is his body. The fullness of him who fills all in all. What is our commonality? What is our community built on? Where do we find our unity? Jesus Christ. He's the head of the church. We're his body. He's the fullness that fills all in all. Isn't that beautiful? Having Jesus in me and having Jesus in you makes a bond between us that goes beyond our preference in politics or our interests, our hobbies. Our sports teams. Having Jesus in you and Jesus in me gives us a bond that goes far deeper than any other bond and we get to experience this community together. Community is not conformity. Just because you're part of the church, the body of Christ, doesn't mean we all look the same, talk the same, think necessarily the same. Doesn't necessarily you mean you line up with everything that we preach and practice as a church? Means that you may have some different views on some things. You may have some skills and hobbies that aren't necessarily my skills and hobbies. We're different. We're unique. And that's a good thing. We shouldn't all look the same. What if, here's a little test. What if the whole church looked and thought and acted and had the same passion and love for Jesus that you had? What would that look like? And I don't want to put shame and embarrassment on you. If the church was full of a bunch of Josh Fillmores, there would be no spontaneity or artistic flair. There would be no dancing. It would be very regimented, routine, predictable, and many would say boring. Praise God that the church is not full of Josh Fillmores. We're a church that shares the journey. And along this journey, at any given moment, there are people who are experiencing the mountaintop, and then there are people who are trudging through the valley, and we rejoice with those who rejoice, we weep with those who weep. There are people sitting in the room right now who are thinking, thank goodness I don't have to be the one up on stage talking in front of a bunch of people I think I'd shake in my boots and fall to the floor. Amen. 
We're different. We have people who are administrative, technical, people who can organize, enable events to happen from the background who would rather not be on stage. We have people who sing from stage and play instruments. And then we have people who can't carry a note in a bucket, but they have other gifts and abilities. Praise God. Here's what we got to understand. We're different. Just turn to the person next to you and say, you're different. Romans chapter 12 and verse 4. Here's the reason why we're different. Romans 12, 4. For as in one body, there's the unity, the community, the church, one body, we have many members, praise God. And members do not all have the same function, praise God. So we, though many, are one body in Christ. We find our unity in Christ. But individually, we're members of one another. You remember our Get It Together series where we talked about the one another's, allos, pros, meta, another of the same kind. We have this unity, but we're all individuals. We're all different. So here's the bottom line for today. Are you ready for this? You cannot do everything. Is that freeing? But you are gifted to do something. Just say that with me as a personal affirmation. I can't do everything, but I'm gifted to do something. I love that. I love that. Think about the picture of the body. Jesus is the head of the church. We're united in this community called the church, the body of believers. We're the hands and feet of Jesus. We're doing his work with his mission, but the foot and the hand are different. Have you ever seen those people? Maybe they don't have the use of their hands. I don't know what you call them. It goes beyond ambidextrous, but they can use their feet to paint and type and feed themselves. Isn't that incredible? But the hand is different from the foot, isn't it? The knee is different from the shoulder. You can't take the kidney and do a transplant with the hip and make it work. I'm no medical doctor, but I assume that can't be done. <laughs> and therefore, it's so weird that you would then look at the kidney and say, well, if you can't fill the role of a hip, well then, what good are you, right? You better not say that to both of the kidneys. You have two kidneys, right? Is that right? Yeah, okay. 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 12. Just as the body is one, and has many members. Have you gotten that point to this point? We're all different. All the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, Jews, Greeks, slaves, free. We were all made to drink of one spirit. 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 14. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, would that make it any less part of the body? If the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, listen to this, God arranged the members in the body. God did it. God arranged them. Each one of them as he chose. Verse 19, 
If all were a single member, praise God we're not all Josh Fillmore's, that would be boring, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but there's one body. We're built different. We're arranged by God. He chose. We're arranged to serve different functions in the body of Christ, his church. We can't get upset at someone because they're not as gifted in a particular area as somebody else. So I've got a few things up here, and you know, some of us, we need some visual illustrations to remember some stuff. What is this? What function does it serve? You can pound the nail, or you can pull the nail, right? What is this? Can you see that? Screwdriver. This is a Phillips screwdriver, so it's even more specific. What does it do? You can screw the screw, right? That's pretty technical, hey? Pretty deep? What if if you just swap them? So now I'm going to pound and pull some nails over here, and then I'm going to drive all my drywall screws with this. What? It's so frustrating. Why can't it do what I want it to do? Maybe, maybe if I use this end, right? Isn't that silly? Such a terrible illustration, I admit. But think about it. Why, why would we get so mad at the hammer? Because it won't serve the job that we wanted to serve. When its whole intention and design is to serve a specific role in a different area. And why would we start throwing the screwdriver around because this screwdriver is no good. I can't pound a single nail. Imagine going into the hardware store, Home Depot. I got to return this thing because, man, I worked all day yesterday and I couldn't get a single nail into that wall. Wouldn't they just look at you like you were some crazy? It's because it's got a specific purpose, a specific design to fit a specific function. You know what? Maybe the issue for you in this whole Say Yes campaign, it's not serving in the church. You're the right person for the job. You're just in the wrong role. God's gifted you with specific abilities. And if you're not using those abilities, if you're working outside of your strengths and abilities and beyond that, outside of your spiritual gifts, man, it just leaves you feeling hollow and dry. Have you ever done that? Maybe the issue for you is not youth group. Maybe the issue is that you're the one doing the administration in the youth group and organizing the volunteers and the events and the schedule. And you're not an administrative gifted person at all. Maybe you've got more of a shepherd's heart, a caring heart, and you would rather be actually face-to-face with the teens, pray for them, chat with them, encourage them, support them. But you're over here doing paperwork, and, oh, I've got to get out of youth group because I can't stand serving in youth group. It just leaves me so sucked dry of any energy and passion, and it's just hollow. Well, maybe it's not serving in youth group. Maybe you're just a hammer trying to screw some Phillips screws, and it's not working for you. We take that approach with people, don't we? We take someone who's skilled in crunching numbers and we say, you should be able to get up on stage. And they hate it. And the social anxiety just brings them to their knees. And why can I do that? Well, you know, that's, that's what it was like the first time for me too. Maybe if you just try harder, do it more, get up, try again. 
And it just leaves them feeling exhausted and burned. Maybe that's your experience. But this, this shouldn't make us feel stuck or inadequate. This should free us. This should liberate us to know that we can't do everything. But we are designed and gifted to do something in the life and ministry and mission of the church. The thing you feel you have to do to serve in the church that sucks the life and energy right out of you, think about this. There is someone in the church right now who's gifted and would find joy and get energy out of doing that very thing. (coughs) My passion, one of my spiritual gifts, is teaching. And I love to be up here. Man, when, when God works through my preparation time, my study time, he, he deposits a word into my heart and I just feel like, wow, I cannot wait to get up on Sunday and to share this word. There's just an excitement. Maybe for you, being asked to get up on stage would just crush you. Trying to come up with content, having a blank paper, what should I preach on this week, would just suck the life right out of you. I really struggle, like I admitted last week, with volunteer recruitment, support, that whole area of ministry, being like a cheerleader, coming alongside someone with with encouragement. Exhortation is the spiritual gift we point to. I'm really not gifted in that area. And for me to come alongside somebody over and over again and encourage them and support them and point them and recruit them, and that just sucks the life out of me. But there are people in this church who are gifted in that area who find joy and energy from being involved in that. That should free us up. That should liberate us to know that the thing that I struggle with that is a total weakness for me, it's somebody's strength. It's somebody's gift in this room. And if we're all serving and doing our part, it fills out the body of Christ, the fullness, and he fills all in all if we're each doing our part. All right, Uh, Romans chapter 12, we read that one. Let's jump to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 4. No, we didn't read Romans chapter 12, my apologies. Romans chapter 12 and verse 6. Having gifts that differ, Romans chapter 12 and verse 6. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. We each have a different gift. Let us use them. If it's prophecy, in proportion to our faith. Verse 7, if service, in our serving. The one who teaches, in his teaching. The one who exhorts, in his exhortation. The one who contributes, in generosity. The one who leads, with zeal. The one who does acts of mercy, with cheerfulness. Gifts that differ. You are gifted to do something, and your gift is different. It's unique. It's according to the measure of faith, the measure of grace allotted from Christ. Each one of us has a spiritual gift, and these gifts differ one from another. Here's the truth. When you say yes to Jesus, and when you accept his death on the cross as the forgiveness for your sins, his cleansed blood, his shed blood for the cleansing of your sin, his new resurrection life, when you say yes to his salvation, you say yes to his mission, to his lordship, one of the things that happens at that moment of salvation, when you say yes, you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 1, your guarantor, your seal, your guarantee until the day of redemption. 
The Spirit of God indwells you. But also, when we receive the Spirit, we receive a spiritual gift or gifts. These gifts are imparted and empowered by the Spirit. We have the Spirit of God working in us to give us this spiritual gift. It's more than an interest. It's more than a hobby. It's more than an aptitude. It's more than an ability. It's a supernatural power empowered by the Holy Spirit for engaging in the mission of his church. You might think, wow, like that's not me. I, I don't have a supernatural ability to do anything. Nobody ever called me super, right? If you said yes to Jesus' invitation to be saved, then you have a gift of the Spirit, whether you know it or not. And your gift is different from many other people's gift. Let's look at some more scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If you want to turn there, just after Romans, 1 Corinthians, look at chapter 12, starting in verse 4. Now there are varieties of gifts, all kinds of different gifts, but there is the same spirit. Get this idea of community. We're one. We have the same spirit. We're united in Christ. The Jesus in you and the Jesus in me gives us this common bond, connection. We're the body of Christ. Varieties of gifts, the same spirit. Verse 5, 1 Corinthians 12. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. There are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all What are the next two words? Do you see those? The same God who empowers them all in everyone. Verse 7. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. The spiritual gift that you've been given at the point of salvation is not for puffing yourself up. It's not for showing off. It's not for a cool bar trick that you can show people. The spiritual gift that God has placed within you is for the building up of the body of Christ. The thing you feel, let's jump over to Ephesians chapter 4 and get more context on this. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 4. Very similar to what we just read. Ephesians 4, 4. There is one body, one spirit, just as you were called to that one hope that belongs to your call, One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, the Father of all, who is over all, through all, in all. Verse 7. But grace was given to each one of us, according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. I love that. Each one of us received a gift through the salvation, the saving, redemptive work of Jesus. When we say yes to Jesus, we receive a spiritual gift. This community, this body of believers, this church has varying gifts of the Spirit for engaging in the mission of the church, the mission of Jesus. Continue on in Ephesians chapter 4. Look at verse 11. He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. This is not one man's job. This is not the leadership's job. This is to train and equip the saints, empower them for the work of the ministry. Because each one of us has a gift. Equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of faith, community. The knowledge of the Son of God, truth. Mature manhood to the measure and stature of the fullness of Christ 
so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves carried about by every wind of doctrine, human cunning, craftiness, and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. Jesus is the head of his church. We are his body. Verse 16, for whom the whole body joined and held together, community, by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. The church is designed to grow. The church is designed to be on mission together. And the way that that happens is through the spiritual gift or gifts that the Holy Spirit has deposited into your heart that God works through you when each one of us is playing our role, serving in our gift, in our strength, we make that body grow through the power of the Holy Spirit when each one is doing its part. You ever sit on the couch watching TV kind of awkwardly and then your lad goes to sleep? You got to go to the kitchen or the bathroom. What does that feel like when you stand up and it's all pins and needles and it's not working right? Feels pretty dysfunctional, doesn't it? Looks pretty funny when you're trying to hobble across the room when your leg's not working right. How about when you're, when you're working on that thing in the garage and the piece of sawdust gets in your eye? Production stops pretty quick, doesn't it? And you can't do anything else until you get that little speck of dust out of your eye. Everything comes to a screeching halt when a part of the body is dysfunctional or not working. If all of the parts of the body aren't working in unison or in sync, you know what happens? You get constipated. You get dysfunctional. You get ill. You get sick. You get crippled. It's dysfunctional when the body doesn't work together in unison. We know that from experience. Look, if we want to grow as a church in truth and community, engaging in the mission, then we each have a role and a function to work and to serve in. And until every part is doing its part, there's a level and an amount of dysfunction in the church body. This is not something we can look at and say, ah, somebody else has that handled. All those people are doing a good job of it. Oh yeah, they got lots of help over there. If you're not serving in your gift, in your strength, and letting God work through that spiritual gift that the Holy Spirit deposited in your heart at the moment of salvation, there is an element of dysfunction in our church. And our church is hobbling with one of its feet asleep on pins and needles. Our church has a piece of dust in its eye, and we can't continue on until we take care of that. Each one of us has a role to play and we've got to be working together so that we can grow, we can be built up, we can be mature, we can learn, we can be on mission together and be the hands and feet of Jesus. Your gift is for growth, for the growth of the body of Christ. The gifts are not for showing off, it's not for bragging rights, they're for serving the church, building and growing the body of believers on mission together, engaging in the mission. They're meant to work together in community, growing together, playing its part. If we're not using our gift to function in the body, we're dysfunctional. To have a functioning body, all the parts need to work together. So, here's where I want to leave you today. What do I say yes to? In order to answer this question, you need to have some idea 
of what that spiritual gift is that the Holy Spirit has deposited and empowered in your heart. We've got a few tools to prompt you in that direction. We've been talking about the Sent to Serve booklet, which is nothing new. We've had this here for years. We just put a new cover on it and did some editing work. There are more of these available at the display. They, there could be in the back of your seats in front of you. We want you to use these. If you take them all today, we're going to print more. So grab one. There's all kinds of content in here. Take this message further. Go home, study it out. One of the things that you'll find in this booklet is this spiritual gift assessment tool. You don't know where to start in finding your spiritual gifts so that you can know what to serve in and what to say yes to. This is just a simple prompt, a start. It's not the be-all, end-all. It's not the gold standard. It doesn't lock you into a box. It just starts the conversation. I did it this week. It took me less than 10 minutes. My two spiritual gifts are administration and teaching. I think that resonates with what I've experienced and with what other people have pointed out to me. But this needs to be done in community. Fill this out, talk with your life group, your life group leader, a brother or sister in Christ. Does this sound like the spiritual gift that God works through me? And we're going to talk about more of the practical applications of that next week. We also have uh, the Say Yes card that we pointed out to start this conversation. You can fill that out and drop it off at the display. Let me read this verse of scripture, 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 10. I want to leave you with this. You ready? 1 Peter 4.10. As each has received a gift, let's use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Isn't that the bottom line today? You can't do everything. And the people who try to do everything, the people who try and work on their weaknesses and be well-rounded and a jack-of-all-trades, we're missing out on the opportunity to go all in on our spiritual gift. <clears throat> we each have a different gift. We need to use it to serve one another, to engage in the mission as good stewards of God's varied grace. God has given this to you, entrusted it to you. What a shame it would be for somebody to lend you their Ferrari for the weekend and when you return it on Monday, they say, how was it? I don't know, I never took it out of the garage. God has given you this incredible supernatural gift from the Holy Spirit, through his power, to be used for the building up of the body of Christ. What a shame it would be if we stand in front of the judgment seat of Christ, the Bema seat of Christ, and Jesus says, how did you put my spiritual gift that I gave to you through the power of the Holy Spirit, how did you put it to use? How incredible was it? What did it feel like when God's power worked through you and you, you just let it happen and, and it just flowed through you in this supernatural way? What was that like? I don't know. I never took it off the shelf. I, I never engaged in a conversation around what my spiritual gift is. I never put it into practice. God has given this to you. God has entrusted it to you. And it's to be put to use. Know your gift. And then find an area to utilize that gift in, in the ministry of the church. Because each one of us is called to use our gift. Is that straightforward? Is that clear enough? So now it's up to you to do something about it. This is just the prompt. This is just the start of the conversation. 
for folks participating online, some of these went out in our newsletter. Uh, I had somebody reach out on Friday and say, hey, can you email me a digital copy of some of those? So I sent that out. We want everybody to be able to participate in this conversation and to be using and accessing these tools. So you can find more of that at the display in the lobby after the service. But these three weeks, we're talking about engagement. This is the big idea. You are gifted. Do you believe that today? The Holy Spirit is empowering a gift through you. Let's put it to use for his mission. Let's end there. Let's pray together if we could. Father God, we thank you so much for who you are, for all that you've done for us. God, we praise your name for how you're working and active, living and moving. We thank you for how we've sensed your spirit working here today. God, as your Holy Spirit wants to work through us, as you've deposited this spiritual gift within us for the building up of the body of Christ, God, help us to put it to use. Maybe there are those here today who have never thought about this concept and and maybe they've never considered for a moment what their spiritual gift is. Maybe they know their personality type. Maybe they know their strengths, their weaknesses, their education, their experiences, their EQ, their IQ, all the self-development. God, that's, that's all well and good and we want to be people who value education and experience. But to top it all off, you've given us this incredible spiritual gift that you want to work through for the building up of your body. God, help us to discover what that is. Holy Spirit, would you illuminate our minds and hearts? Would you open your word to us so that we could understand and identify how you've gifted us? Help us to be putting that to work. God, help us to see a well-functioning body of believers where we're each putting our gift to practice. We're each playing our role, serving our part. Every joint is connected and we are one body. Jesus, thank you that you are our head. You are Lord over this church. Jesus, we thank you for the commonality, the community that we have through your shed blood and your broken body. We thank you for these things today, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.